Hello and welcome to the Interfish Podcast, where we bring you the week's most interesting and compelling seafood news. I'm Drew Cherry, Editor-in-Chief, joined today by John Fiorillo, Executive Editor. Well, today we decided we'd stick with one story, and we've got a lot to say about it. This week, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration uh, Fisheries Division, which uh, oversees in the United States our fisheries, aquaculture, and several other aspects of, of the seafood sector, released its five-year aquaculture plan. Now, they were pretty proud of it, sent out a press release, talked about how exciting the uh, industry will be for the United States, and uh, landed on our desk a publication. So, uh, I am actually going to start by bouncing the ball over to you, John, because you wrote a commentary about it today. Um, And I want to spend today talking about what wasn't in the report and what was in the report and what it might mean. Now, before you get going, I just want to highlight a bit about the, uh, the U.S. aquaculture industry as it stands. So the United States, uh, we have a GDP in the United States of $23 trillion. So it's a, a very wealthy country. I'm assuming I'm not telling anybody anything they don't already know. But, uh, but we have plenty of, uh, plenty of money, uh, plenty of private capital, plenty of high net worth individuals, uh, plenty of ways to finance any new industry. And the United States has really pioneered many industries over the course of its history. So it stands to reason that the United States should be a leader in new fields uh, like, uh, well, quote unquote, new fields like aquaculture. We can call aquaculture, the modern aquaculture industry, relatively new. Now, uh, the U.S. produced about $1.5 billion worth of aquaculture uh, in 2018. That's the latest accurate statistics we have from the federal government. Uh, And of those, primarily, uh, or at least a a good part of it, is shellfish, oysters, and clams. Now, uh, keep that number in mind, $1.5 billion. And then let's look at Norway, who is far and away the leader in aquaculture uh, in terms of the uh, sophistication of it, um, uh, in terms of the uh, the, the the growth that they're uh, that they're seeing, um, and they have invested a, a lot into the sector uh, to help it grow. Now, uh, Norway's aquaculture production is worth about ten point eight billion dollars, uh, and. Again, GDP of the U.S., $23 trillion. GDP in Norway, $482 billion. So not to mention its population is around 5 million. Uh, and the U.S. is far, far, far uh, above that. So there's plenty of workforce, plenty of people to uh, back a sector like aquaculture. And yet the U.S. aquaculture industry is minuscule. Uh, and the parts that are producing are not really what we could call modern, uh, forward-looking uh, sectors. A lot of them have been around for years and years, like catfish, trout, not any significant advances in technology there. All right, John, with that, I've sort of set the table. Now, tell us your thoughts about the 20-page, I think it was, five-year plan. 
Indeed it was, 20 pages, and it set out uh, the next five years uh, regarding how Noah was going to continue to uh, strive to build a robust, legit, successful U.S. aquaculture industry. Okay. Let me take you back to 1980, everybody. Uh, long time ago, good year. I remember it well. Um, that's when the National Aquaculture Act was established, and aquaculture was uh, became a national policy priority for the U.S. In other words, it, it became important. Something should be done about it. That was 42 years ago. <laughs> In 42 years, I feel safe to argue not a dang thing of substance has happened. There's probably been, I don't know if this is the 10th five-year report or the first, or I'm sure there's been plenty of reports though. And uh, they're great. They're, oh, they're so aspirational. And they talk about all the buzzwords you need to get into every report these days, but they don't have really, really concrete actions. Um, and this report in particular um, really kind of got under my skin because in no part of the report, except for a kind of general reference to raising seafood on land and in the sea. I mean, okay. Um, but in no part of the report do we talk about uh, land-based aquaculture, recirculating aquaculture system technology, RAS as we call it, um, which... Uh, happens to be probably one of the most um, uh, important sectors right now when you look at it from an investment point of view, when you consider how it could positively impact climate change, uh, when you consider how, how the U.S. actually has a foothold in this sector that um, the rest of the world is trying to catch up to unbelievable why i mean this is this is a, a sector of the aquaculture industry that the u.s arguably could uh be called a leader in it's not perfect as we know atlantic sapphire has struggled to scale it uh salmon farming land-based salmon farming at its miami facility the others that are sprinkled around the country some haven't even broke ground yet but it, if you talk to anybody in the aquaculture field that knows a heck of a lot more about it than I do, the the upside here is phenomenal. And let's hope so. Let's hope all the kinks can be worked out um, as we move along here. And let's assume for a second that they are. The beautiful thing is the U.S. is is right in the front seat of the car on this. But never know that reading that report i don't know <laughs> i mean anytime noah talks noah aquaculture talks about um the aquaculture industry in the u.s it's always you know offshore is kind of the big dream well maybe but the investment in offshore is is massive just as it is in land-based and um, you know, the, even Norway and those other leading countries are not 
pushing a lot into offshore at this point. So to think the U.S. will? Mm -mm. And the U.S. coastline, by the way, is not uh, friendly to anything that upsets the view of the wealthy that dot the coastline with their homes. It's not like Norway where up, you know, in these fjords, it's very rural and there aren't many jobs and et cetera. Um, the U.S. Is, doesn't have that same uh, dynamic. So, yeah, so 42 years later, we're, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but we're basically back at square one. We've done not a damn thing. And um, I, you know, I... I I don't want to disrespect the hardworking people at NOAA. I mean, I, I I know many of them. I know they work hard. But if we're holding out hope that NOAA is going to be our Sherpa to, uh, you know, this wonderful uh, uh, development of an aquaculture industry, just go take a different trail. It's not going to happen. And we really are going to have to figure out how we can get private sector entrepreneurs to to take this ball and run with it. And we're seeing that in land-based. The, you know, the permitting and everything is a nightmare, just as it is for any aquaculture operation here. But they're persevering and kind of pushing through and getting it done, not with Noah's help. They're doing it themselves. So just like most things in America, <laughs> you know, the hard workers – eventually get it done but yeah so anyways my commentary took a look at the report and um you know i you can tell by my tone and my uh words that i i think very little of it well 40 years and just to remind everybody how far back that was jimmy carter was the president of the u.s uh the macintosh would be uh would be introduced four years later. In fact, the the, uh, the IBM would introduce its first personal computer in 1981. So that wasn't even uh, wasn't even introduced. Um, and "Call Me" by Blondie was the top hit of 1980. So there. Oh, you go. I like that song. There, well, there you go. Uh, it was a very good year. A very good year. But uh, as you mentioned, John, I mean, it's kind of stunning that uh, during that time, Norway. Uh, built out an entire uh, behemoth of a sector, the salmon farming industry. Um, you know, and, and it's it's there. There's so many different things that are not at not in the favor of U.S. aquaculture. Number one being the the regulations themselves, and those have slowly come into place. The aquaculture opportunity zones, um, which is a big step. Um, but it's actually gone backwards, uh, when you look at it and, you know, you and I were talking yesterday, what is the largest aquaculture company in the U S? Uh, I mean, and, and it's, it's kind of baffling that we were kind of like, huh, who would it be? Because cook's got farms in Maine and they've got farms in Washington state, Taylor shellfish, uh, harvest select catfish. You know, we, we've, You've got a few out there, um, but certainly these are not big companies, um, and they're not companies that are going to grow. Cook is not going to get much bigger in, with aquaculture in the United States. There's simply no 
there's no support for growing aquaculture uh, in Washington state, certainly, and in Maine, uh, and definitely not salmon farming. Um, those are just non-starters. It's just not going to happen. Even to get a little, even to move something here or there uh, is jumping through a lot of hoops. Now, you also have a very, very powerful uh, fishing sector. And this actually tends to be, this isn't solely a U.S. issue, but you know, the fishing industry is, um, it's a part of sort of many, many countries' heritage. And people think, um, they think about fishing and it is the last sort of wild hunting that, that happens, the last wild food that gets onto people's plates. Um, you know, and it, it's, uh, there's a romance to it. But that romance sort of, it can mask the reality of what's happening in those sectors and what's happening with coastal jobs uh, across the United States. And you simply can't make a living in the way that you could uh, as a fisherman. It, it has to be a, a part-time job with the potential exception of um, maybe on the best years, uh, salmon fishing in uh, in Alaska, and certainly some of the major companies that are uh, that are harvesting um, Alaska pollock or cod, um, you know, they're able to make make a profit. But it's really not going to be the future. There is not going to be. We talked about this, I think, a few weeks back when we were uh, talking about um, Christy Walton's uh, commentary. There's just not going to be any more fish made really, you know, uh, unless somebody knows something I don't know. Um, it, it, there is only one way to grow food production, uh, in the water and that is with aquaculture. And really there's only one viable way to grow food production full stop. And that's aquaculture. Um, now call me biased, but I don't see where all the land is going to come from to get more head of cattle or to get more, uh, chickens squeezed per, per square foot or, uh, or pigs just isn't going to happen. And so the United States imports 80% of its seafood more or less, I believe. Um, and the majority of that's aquaculture. So it's not just, it's an absolutely baffling thing to me. It's absolutely baffling. And this is a country that has some incredible clusters of innovation uh, for other sectors. You know, this is a, and the federal government, by the way, actually uh, developed a lot of these clusters. You know, a lot of these clusters developed out of federal investment or about, you know, or, or public investment. So any major sector that you can think of, a lot of times there's been a lot of support. There's been a lot of frameworks created to allow it to, to thrive. So it's, it's baffling. It's, uh, I think, frustrating for a lot of people. Um, and I certainly don't know what the answer is. But, John, I think you at least are pointing to something that's important, and that's that land-based salmon is growing. Further irony there is that the people that are driving land-based salmon are not Americans. They're Norwegians. They're Israeli. They're Dutch. They are people from outside the country. Um, and that just tells you, too, that how could there be such a blind spot that there are these opportunities right here uh, on the, the front doorstep? And I don't know that there's not many countries out there 
that it have uh, that have the money and the coastline and the ability uh, and the markets to do this. So I'm as baffled as you are, John. Yeah, I mean, when you take a government-centric approach like aquaculture uh, development has become, this is, to me, this is the the result. There's just a lot of dithering and not much development, as opposed to private sector development uh, that can be nimble, that can attract capital, that um, is still doing things by the rules, but not you know, not handcuffed by uh, these processes that take forever to to develop. So, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I, 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 if if I read the budget right, the NOAA budget, and I just called it up quickly. So, if I'm wrong on these figures, I I apologize in advance. But it looks like the fiscal year 2021 uh, line item for the Office of Oc aquaculture for NOAA was $13 million, I believe. Not a ton of money, but is is it money being well spent? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know anybody who tries to put an aquaculture operation in the ocean off the U.S. shores has to deal with unbelievable permitting um, challenges and things like that. And NOAA, you know, has talked, especially since the Trump administration, has talked quite a bit about streamlining that process. And I guess it's underway. But how much longer? I mean, uh, some of the most brilliant minds in aquaculture came out of U.S. universities. And they didn't deposit all their brilliance here and and, uh, watch the industry grow here. They ended up going places where they were welcomed and where there was um, desire to to build an aquaculture industry. They went all over the world, Asia, you know, Europe, everywhere. And that's, you know, those are our, those are our people. We, we trained them. They're brilliant. And, you know, we basically exported all that knowledge. And now we import all the product. That is the result of that knowledge. I mean, it is completely backass, and you know, I, I, I you know, I'm gonna leave, I feel people are probably gonna say, "Oh, you're leaving it all on Noah's doorstep," and, and maybe I am. But you know, if you want to be the leader, if you want to go out and say, "We're going to build this," blah 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 blah. Well, sorry, you're gonna take all the the arrows when you as far as I can tell, haven't done very much in 42 years. Well, this nexus between uh, government and um, and the private sector is, you know, it, it, as I said, it, it can lead to some fantastic growth and innovation. Um, there's maybe a now closer nexus between, well, closer, I guess that goes back to the the very earliest history of the United States. There's a there's a close nexus between wealth and government as well, and that's quite interesting because a lot of foundation money uh, has been uh, that has been made uh, in the private sector um, has been used over the past couple of decades to actually oppose aquaculture development. 
Um, and, and, and that's been, I think, one of the reasons why we haven't seen a lot of growth in the United States has been uh, there's a, a, a very strong uh, not in my backyard feeling um, that uh, has really affected the potential growth and expansion uh, of the sector. And, you know, everyone's fine with uh, fishing boats because, again, that's romantic. It's nice to see fishing boats uh, on the horizon. Um, people don't, you know, like seeing uh, farms necessarily, um, although they'll happily drive by, you know, uh, local farms and rolling hills on their way to their homes. But those are not the uh, those are not the, the rule. Those are the exceptions. Um, the organic, local, you know, raised by hipsters, cows or whatever. Um, we're, <laughs> we're really talking about feedlots. Uh, we're talking about uh, both for, you know, for po uh, pork and cattle. I happen to live in a place that's not too far away from. I mean, it's a, it's far. Um, but I guess when you say not too far, that has to, that depends on how the wind shifts. It's actually pretty far away from a, a cattle feedlot where I live. Um, but with the right wind, you know, you get the wind blowing in from the North and guess what you smell? Um, I wouldn't really necessarily like that in my backyard. Uh, and I wouldn't really have to deal with that with aquaculture, I suppose. Um, but there's a lot that has to be done that has to do with perception of aquaculture. Um, and that, you know, for, for, it's not anybody's particular fault, but the perception of aquaculture is very negative in the United States. And that's extremely unfortunate. And it's pretty funny to see how much aquaculture gets eaten in the United States and how much, uh, the populace um, thinks aquaculture, either they've never heard of it or those that have heard of it have a negative impression. Thanks to, again, a lot of campaigns over the years uh, against uh, aquaculture and fish farming, which has played a part in keeping the United States where it is now. Um, and, and Noah Noah touched on that in the report about educating you know, the populace, the general public about it. But, you know, I mean, really, I don't believe that's going to happen. I wanted to go to your fishing comment real quick, though, because, um, yes, while fishing is more integral to the U.S. culture and has a certain level of reverence, um, the oceans are changing, as we all know. Everything's changing because of climate change. Um, so there's the very distinct possibility that fisheries that we enjoy today maybe arguably take for granted one day won't be there. I, I mean, we can just go look at the Alaska crab fishery, for example. Um, it's crashed. There'll be no crab coming out of Alaska except a very small part that um, will do nothing to fill market demand or, you know, like, like it should. So, um, <laughs> you know, the oceans may not be hospitable even for fishing or aquaculture. Thus, land-based may, you know, play even a bigger role. Now, I don't want anybody to misconstrue that I'm some cheerleader for land-based aquaculture. 
I do see its potential. I do watch the investment going into it. I do watch its development. In the U.S., it has struggled. It continues to struggle. We all know that. I'm not. I'm not excusing that. All I'm saying is, there. That's where the money's going. That's where the energy's going, and it doesn't look like Noah is on the same road. Yeah, no, uh, it, it isn't, and uh, and maybe they feel like because it's not in the oceans that it's not. Um, it's you know not as much in their remit but you know the strategic plan is so dependent on uh, on all of these other uh planning regulations being put in place and those just keep getting kicked down the road and down the road there's there's been bills introduced in congress um and again i i do think there is a lot of i, I know i sound like you know, deep state kind of, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, you are, come on. Conspiracy now. theory here or something. <laughs> I, but, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it is just kind of, uh, it just kind of seems to uh, get bogged down, um, regardless of the best intentions of the, the NOAA aquaculture team, which I think, to their credit, have really been out there trying to to sing the praises uh, and trying to get momentum for this. Um, but there seems to be sort of a, an opposition or at least a lack of awareness of it being at all important. The NOAA Aquaculture Strategic Plan did not do any favors for that. Um, and again, let's set aside the people that were hard on the publication and let's talk about it. it's a government agency not the actual people working in the agency because people did this work and as somebody that has to create something out of nothing uh every day i know that it is difficult to come up with uh with ideas and get them down on on um paper so to speak however this sure seemed a lot like a high school report um i mean it it, it really seemed like something that you could throw together pretty uh, quickly um, and that doesn't have specifics. It's really taking a lot of what's already known out there. And so to say objectives, I mean, you know, again, yeah, objectives are great. Um, you know, I have an objective to clean my garage this weekend. Will it happen? Probably not, but, uh, but I see a lot of ideas of what needs to happen. And it's, it's kind of like, well, yeah, this is what you need for this industry. And maybe you need to start there, I guess. But if I were a senator or congressperson and I got this report on my desk, I would be looking at it and going, well, this, this looks cute. So you can kind of raise some seaweed and maybe raise some, you know, some oysters and, that's cool. It's a little something to keep people busy on the coast. No, you know, there needs to be an explanation of what's at stake. And I think there needs to be a, a, a recognition that the United States, with all of its money uh, and, and its, its reputation for having less red tape than other countries, that there should be a recognition and it should be uh, put forward very strongly that the United States is losing big on aquaculture, big, 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 behind far less developed countries. I mean, Norway 
is a highly developed country. It's got a lot of money thanks to its uh, its oil uh, its oil uh, uh, funds. But there's a lot of other countries that are uh, much more forward thinking about aquaculture uh, than the United States, and it's um, yeah, it's 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 just as I said, it's just kind of baffling um, that that uh, the United States is where it is on on aquaculture. And and the timing of this report, it just struck me as well. My last point, um, you could argue that there is no better moment in time than right now to get uh, aquaculture development through the government process, to get some robust thing passed into law, if that's what we need, or whatever, get the funding. Um, I said it earlier, under the Trump administration, there was that executive order that was issued that basically said, get this thing going. You know, what do you need? Let's do it. It was largely focused on offshore development, but it was aquaculture development. So you think with that kind of energy and that, as far as I know, that executive order is still in place and still, um, you know, uh, effective. Um, You would think with that impetus coming down from the White House that this report, this new report is going, you know, God, this is the chance. Let's lay it out. That's what we're going to do. New. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's all. That's all I know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting to see where things, uh, go from here. Um, it's going to have to be the private sector. Of course, it's going to drive this, but there has to be some, some framework for it. But as you said, John, as you argued in your commentary, it may be that land-based is the only way that America is going to start to see growth, which, again, is um, is kind of a shame. Uh, it's not a sector that that, uh, that doesn't have promise or shouldn't grow. It's not what I'm saying. It's just uh, it's not a sector that's proven itself, and it takes up space, uh, which, again, there's a lot of water uh, in that 200-mile exclusive economic zone around the United States. There's a lot of water. There's a lot of potential here. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it's just um, very difficult, I think, for people wanting to invest in it to know what can they, you know, what can they, how can they work with it uh, when there's no uh, frameworks or regulations. There's no way to put money into it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll note too that, you know, I mentioned Christy Walton earlier and we talked about her in a, a podcast. She's, uh, she's the backer of a, a group of, of companies that come under the umbrella called Cuna Del Mar, including uh, some offshore operations and um, some uh, technology uh, groups. And, you know, she, her commentary was very interesting because it really was a call to other uh, family offices, high net worth individuals, private equity funds, VCs, um, investors in general, that they should be thinking differently about it. Um, maybe that has started to, uh, to change a little bit. Um, but I'm really not, I'm really not sure, you know, um, I'm not sure that, uh, that we're going to see, uh, enough 
people that are willing to get kind of get their their hands dirty, so to speak, and actually get in there and, and try to, uh, to 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 get this industry moving because it will take work. It's not just plug and play. Uh, you, you don't just get a, a stack of forms that you fill out and, and get going and get ready. In fact, that's just so much of that is not in place. Yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 sad, really, to me. It really is because the time is passing um, for something meaningful to be done. I think much of our focus as an industry and as a nation and as a world in the coming years will be mitigating what what is happening in the climate. So development, um, you know, along these lines, oh, we'll, you know, have probably take a back seat to just survival in some cases, you know, uh, climate resiliency, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, well, I mean, it's, they got their five-year plan out. Let's see what happens five years from now, I guess. Well, yeah, I, uh, I I won't be as negative as you, but maybe you know maybe we'll we'll do our part at least highlighting just how kind of ridiculous this is, uh, and certainly I'm sure we'll get uh, we'll get some feedback from our our uh, our rant today, John, and I know you've already gotten some feedback from your your commentary, um, but you know let's uh, let's just watch and see how all this develops and let's uh, see if uh, America can play a role in getting the aquaculture industry uh, overall um, overall um, uh, moving even faster than it uh, than it is now let's wrap it up there folks thank you for joining us uh, we will be back next week remember that you can find all of our news uh, and analysis on intrafish.com. You can download our app that's in the uh, App Store and on Google Play. Uh, and uh, of course, you can sign up for our newsletters, uh, track us on LinkedIn. There's lots of different ways to keep up with us. And of course, you can reach out and drop a line at any time uh, to our editorial uh, team, editorial at intrafish.com, or it's easy to find myself and John's contact info if you have any thoughts on today's podcast, which I have a feeling some people will. All right. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time.